0: today on Anchored in the Word.
1: That's okay. Let them be saved with Buddha. I believe you can be saved by Buddha. You can be saved over here. Wait a minute now. Hold on a second. You're contradicting what Jesus said. So, the Jesus that you believe in is not the same Jesus of the Bible. Consider that fact. If you think there's many ways to salvation, no, that's not what Jesus said. So, the Jesus that you must believe in says, no, there's only one way to salvation. That's through Christ, through believing in Him. Are you telling me that the only people that are going to be in heaven are Christians? Yeah. And I didn't make the rules. Don't get mad at me. I'm just glad there is a way. But I'm through your love.
0: I'm ignorant. This is Anchored in the Word, the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Coastlands in Eatontown, New Jersey, with our pastor and teacher, Bill Beckelman. As a believer, it can be discouraging to see the direction that the world seems to be going in towards the acceptance of sin. But as Pastor Bill encourages us today, we'll find that God put us here for a reason. In this time and place, we have the opportunity as followers of Jesus to help change hearts, The Spirit of God will give you the strength to stand for Him. At the close of Pastor Bill's message, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Anchored in the Word. Subscribe to the podcast or simply get in touch with us. Now here's Pastor Bill with today's edition of Anchored in the Word.
1: We don't need to know new things. We just need to remember the things that God has already told us and believe them. Beware of people that they come down the road, oh, i got the latest new thing. You know, check out this in the Bible. Nobody's ever seen this before. Well, if that's the case, it's probably not the right interpretation of the Bible. Somebody's put their own angle in there to something new. I'm not saying we shouldn't learn something new, but I'm saying Paul says, look, I told you this already, and that's the thing with God. He's made the rules very simple and clear. Just take me at face value. It's not that hard. Even a child could figure it out. What God says, verse 6. And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his old time. He's talking now, he's going to mention the Holy Spirit. And he's talking about the fact that when the church is taken out in the rapture, because the Spirit of God dwells in the church, in each believer, and in the church collectively, when it's taken out in the rapture, the world's going to be different. Now, there won't be an absence of the Holy Spirit, because God's omnipresent, he's everywhere, But what's being said is we're basically, because the church is still here, it's keeping the Antichrist from being revealed. Now, God's planned it that way. God's planned it that way. He says, verse 7, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains, the Holy Spirit, will do so until he is taken out of the way. When the church is taken out of the way, all hell is going to break loose on earth. Now, For the first three and a half years, it's going to be a pseudo-peace. The man of sin is going to be revealed. And he's going to be this great man that's got all the answers. We're not going to be around to find out, those that are Christians, because we're going to be raptured. So we're not looking for the Antichrist. We're looking for Jesus Christ to come back for us. And then he's going to come onto the scene, the Antichrist. And verse 8 says, and then when the church is taken out, when the when the Spirit of God is taken out, and then the lawless one will be revealed. Then he will come. The Antichrist will be revealed. He'll already be here. He's going to be a real person, a human being, probably possessed, but he's going to be a human being. He says, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord, this is the good news, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming, because Paul is letting them know, look, he's not more powerful than God. He's going to have the devil's power, but God's going to deal with him in his time, the second coming. But he's going to let this thing go on for a while because he's purging the wickedness from the earth. The devil's being used even in that plot. But that's what's happening. And then he says, verse 9, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. Yes, that's right. Satan's real. How do we know that? Because the Bible tells us so. He's a real being, a fallen angel. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, the lawless one being the Antichrist, with all power, signs, and lying wonders. So people that are looking for signs, just show me something supernatural. Oh, that's got to be God. There are things that have been going on in the, quote, church. I mean, crazy things that are not of the Bible. That people, in the, they're in the church, all oh, this stuff's going on, you know. Holy this and holy that. midst in the church and, and people are really feeling good after they finish. They feel closer to Jesus when they finish doing this weird stuff that is not talked about in the Bible anywhere. It's seemingly supernatural. I'm talking about winds of doctrine that have blown through the church that people have embraced. Watch out for that. Signs even. Power even, but lying wonders. He's the father of all lies, so they're lying wonders. The people that are just looking for a sign, oh, they're going to get some signs. Jesus said, the only sign you're going to get is, even as Jonah was in the, in the fish for three days, he goes, the Son of Man is going to be put in the earth for three days and then rise from the dead. That's the sign that people need to respond to, that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He's the only way to escape the judgment to come. That's it. Don't wait for any other sign. The sign's already come. The Christ child grew up and became a man and and went to the cross and died for the sins of the world. And if you receive him as your Savior, you will not perish. You will not face the judgment that is to come. But these people that are looking for a sign, they're going to get their signs. And then it says in verse 10, And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, and that they might be saved. You see, the reason God gave us this Bible is that so we could be saved. It tells us all about him, about salvation, who he is, that he loves us. And because he loves us, he puts boundaries around us and shows us what's right and what's wrong. You know, these people that are saying there's no God, there's no God. Well, something simple, where did right and wrong come from? Well, you know, it's wrong that you murder somebody. I mean, not many people are saying murder's okay. Where do they come from? How do you know it's not okay to murder somebody? Somebody gets on your nerves long enough, just snuff them out. Isn't that what the flesh wants to do? Snuff them out and go on with life. The world will be a better place. I'm sorry, but God says that's wrong. You can't do that. That's called murder. It's wrong. If we didn't have the law, if we didn't have God putting it in our hearts, we wouldn't know that. When I'm mad at you, I get in a fit and I kill you. There'd be a lot less people probably, a lot of single parent households. (laughs) But that would be, that would be wrong, wouldn't it? That would be wrong because God says it's wrong. And I'll tell you, when I agree with God and I live the way that he tells me to live, my life is, there's a lot more harmony there, a lot more harmony when I live the way God tells me the devil say no 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 you don't understand eve he's trying to take away your fun that's what it is you see when you eat that tree over there you're going to know things you don't know now you're going to be like god it's going to be you're going to be better off than you are right now that's what he said to her she's like oh. i you know her problem was that she didn't know god well enough god would never do that to her He would never keep stuff for her, and he loved her, and he wanted her to have the best she was made. He gave her everything she needed to enjoy the life that he gave her. She believed the deceiver because she didn't know God. She was deceived. The Bible says the woman was deceived, and the man, he shouldn't listen to his wife, at least in that point. Who knows what he was thinking, but he's the one that took the fall. Verse 11, and for this reason, now this is the part about those that don't believe the truth now. It's really clear. The gospel, the good news is that Jesus Christ died for your sins. And if you receive him as your Lord, as your Savior, you repent from your sins. That means to turn from the way you've been doing things and say, Lord, I want to do things your way. You will be saved. And here's what it says here regarding what's coming in the future. Verse 11, and for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie. If you can't believe it today, don't expect you to think you're going to believe it then. For those that would say, well, you know what? I don't believe in God right now. I've heard about the rapture. If th- when this happens, then I'm going to start, I'm going to take God seriously then. Be careful about the movies you watch on TV or even in the movies when they start talking about these things, about, oh yeah, the rapture and everybody's going to know, oh, some of the people go, oh, they're Christians, the pastor's going to be there crying because he didn't get raptured or something. I don't know about that, man. I don't, I, because those that didn't believe the truth In the church age, after that's taken out, it talks about now there's going to be this delusion that's going to come on. You're going to line yourself up with the people of the earth. You're going to believe all these things that are being taught because God's going to send a strong delusion that they should believe the lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. See, like in Romans 1, it talks about the downward spiral of man in Romans 1. Those that didn't believe that didn't believe in the creation. Instead, they believed in the creature. It says they willingly suppress the truth. They push God out. That's what an atheist is doing, folks. They just don't need more information. They already know that God is real, and they hate the God, and they're pretending he doesn't exist. They hate a God they don't believe in. So it doesn't really make any sense. That's why they're so worked up about it. They hate this God that you believe in. Well, they don't believe in him, so why should they be upset about it? He doesn't exist. If he didn't exist, why be upset? Because they do, they do believe he's existing, and they refuse to acknowledge him and to put themselves under him. That's why they're so worked up. But these people are going to be condemned. That's what the Bible says. Who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, Brethren. Beloved by the Lord, because God, from the beginning... Now, this is where he's telling his children. He's reminding them, look, you're not in the tribulation period. This is what's going to happen before that. You're going to be taken out. Then that thing's going to happen on earth. And now he's saying, children, he's saying, look, we're bound to give thanks always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord. He's telling them that God loves you because God, from the beginning, chose you for salvation through sanctification. That means setting you apart, being saved and being set apart for God in the world, but set apart from the world. He says, by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Very important that you believe in the truth, that you believe the truth. And Jesus claimed not just to have the truth, but to be the truth. Verse 14 says, To which he called you by our gospel. That's the good news. He calls you. You heard the good news about Jesus Christ. First, it starts off the good news you're a sinner. That's good news. Well, you have to, uh, to understand the law. Everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. Everybody that's ever walked the planet, save for Jesus, is a sinner. We've all sinned. One isn't worse than the other. We're all in this boat of heading to destruction. And he says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. No other way. You can't believe in Jesus the Jesus of the Bible, and say, yeah, I believe, I just choose Jesus, because some people, they try this politically correct move. I believe in Jesus. Now, if somebody wants to believe in Buddha, that's okay, let them be saved with Buddha. I believe you can be saved by Buddha. You can be saved over here. Wait a minute now, hold on a second. You're contradicting what Jesus said. So the Jesus that you believe in is not the same Jesus of the Bible. Consider that fact. If you think there's many ways to salvation, No, that's not what Jesus said. So the Jesus that you must believe in says, no, there's only one way to salvation. That's through Christ, through believing in him. Are you telling me that the only people that are going to be in heaven are Christians? Yeah. And I didn't make the rules. Don't get mad at me. I'm just glad there is a way. That's all I can tell you. I'm glad there is a way. And he's made his way known. He's made his way clear. And you can choose it or not. You don't believe there's a destruction coming? That's your choice. You can choose. That's what he's given the the human beings, the privilege of choice. Adam and Eve had it in the garden. They They had to have it to exercise love or not. And they disobeyed. Now, he says, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, and this is what he's calling us to right now in these days. This is it. That's what he called the Thessalonians to. And that's what he's calling us to today. Listen, he says, therefore, because of all this we just talked about, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or by epistle. Now, he's not talking about the traditions of man. Jesus warned against that. He said, be careful when the traditions of men become more important than the commandments of God. So he's talking about, in the traditions, he's talking about the Word of God. That's what he's saying. He's saying, brethren, stand fast. Hold on, he says, to the things that I've shown you. In these last days, it's going to get crazy. Put your seatbelt on. Hold on to your Bible because you haven't seen anything yet. You think the world's crazy right now? You think the things that are being legislated right now that people are voting upon around the whole world, the platforms that people are running on, and you think it's weird right now? You haven't seen anything yet. And it's going to accelerate. I really believe that. Jesus Christ is coming back. The things that are talked about in Matthew 24, about the signs of the times they're happening, earthquakes, tsunamis, you know, all these things that God talks about, check out Matthew 24 and look at the signs of the second coming. We know that's coming, but before that, the rapture is going to happen. So we're closer to the rapture than we are the second coming. But it's happening right before us. Listen, this is what I'm going to say to you stand fast, make a stand. God is calling you to make a stand. You don't have to find your hill. Don't go looking for the hill to make a stand or take that hill. We got to, Christians, we got to unite and take the hill. No, I'm not. No, you don't have to do that. Just live out your life, but make a stand. Let your light so shine before man that by your good works it will glorify God in heaven. Somebody asks you, well, what do you think about that? Tell them, in love. Don't get in an argument. Tell them what you believe. And let the chips fall where they may, or whatever. Well, I may lose my job. If you can't lose your job for Christ, you'll never be able to lose your head for Christ. And I don't mean figuratively. I mean literally. Now, I'm not suggesting that's going to happen, but who knows? It's happening around the world right now. We're shielded from that in America. Do you believe these things or not? Do you believe what the Bible says or not? I mean, we're the kids that are left behind at this point in time to tell the world what's going to happen. Not everybody believes these things. And we're wasting our time trying to live the American dream a lot of the church. And we're weak because we're caught up in the ways of the world. And I'm like, if you want to get caught up to be with Jesus, don't be caught up in the ways of the world. You get what I'm saying? We're living in exciting times. He doesn't want us to be afraid or all worked up about the political climate and everything else. We're citizens of heaven also. And citizens of heaven need to tell others that there is such a place. Stand fast. Make a stand. And hold on to the Word of God. You have it today, but I'm going to tell you something. In a lot of cultures, where tyranny has come, where they've been trying to snuff out the light, this is nothing new. This is the thing that goes, that people try to, well, it's the book. They're people of the book. So if we take away their book, we can change their attitudes. So we can't always know that we will have the book. We have it today. It's a bestseller. The bestseller that most people neglect. They don't read it or they don't believe what's in it. But we're the ones that are left here to tell the world that this thing is coming. And look up. Your redemption draws near. We're one day closer to Christ. So don't be upset by the way that... I understand the idea of unrighteousness, permeating, and it's it really gets to you that way, but know this, it's a sign that Jesus is coming for his church to snatch us away and the tribulations coming on the earth so he can judge it, so he can set up his kingdom on earth to purge the unrighteousness from the world. That's happening. It's going to happen. And we need to be ready. Verse 16, Now may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. We can't do this on our own. But God's with us. He's in us if you're a believer. He's called us to this work. He knew we'd be living in this generation. You say, well, I've been a coward my whole life. So what? That's what you were before. Now you've got the Spirit of God living in you. He's going to give you the grace to stand for him. But you must do like Peter did. Remember him when he's in the boat? He's a fisherman, well acquainted with the normal way to travel across the water is to get in the boat, right? That's normal. But he sees Jesus walking across the water. And he says, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. And Jesus says, come on, get out of the boat. That's basically what he was saying. And now that is the word of God, Jesus, saying, come and get out of the boat. And that was a hard thing to think. Well, I've never walked on the water before. He saw Jesus doing it. But he's saying, come here. Get out of the boat. Take a step of faith. Believe me. If it were not so, I would have told you. And Peter stepped out of the boat. He took that step of faith, and he, for a time, walked on water. Amazing. He did things that were far beyond what he thought he could ever do because he believed in Jesus and what he said. He heard what he said, and he did what he said. Now, it wasn't long, of course. He got his eyes off of Jesus and started looking at the wind and the waves. This, this shouldn't be happening. How am I? Watching? And boom, went right down. And we do that too, don't we, in our faith. But Jesus was right there to grab him, right? Just grabbed him up. Okay, you know, that's our God. He's not going to let these horrific things that are all taught about, we'll get there eventually in Revelation that's coming on the world. He's not going to let these things, we're not going to have to face it. The plagues, of the, the things that are going to come upon the earth, the wrath of God. The church is not going to have to go through that. We're not appointed to wrath, the wrath of God. But we will have tribulation in the trouble sense. We will have trouble on this earth, but we won't have to go through the great tribulation. That period of time on the planet after the church has been snatched out. This is what he was saying to them. You're not in the tribulation period. So depend upon the word of God. Hear what the word says. And don't just take the pastor's word for it. Read the Bible. That's the hope as we go through this Bible as a church. Not that, oh, I'm going to go to Calvary Chapel for 15 years. That way I've read the whole Bible. Good. But you should be reading it on your own. That's the hope. You see what I'm getting at? That you will be a lover of the word, a lover of God. Come to know who he is. And it'll help you explain the craziness that's going on all around us. Because people just don't have the truth nowadays. And they're believing a lie. There's a lot of deceived people walking around today that are believing lie. And someday, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And everything that God's ever said was true. That's on judgment time. It'll be too late then. It'll be too late to change at that point. But the truth will be brought to light. So if you believe the truth, if you're a Christian today, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Believe more and come to know more and more what he says in his word. When you see things going on in the world, don't try and figure it out in your own understanding. Just because Oprah says it, or somebody else says it, or Joel Osteen says it, or doesn't say it. Look at the Bible. Look at the Bible. What does that say in these last days?
0: There's much more Pastor Bill Backelman would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. This has been another edition of Anchored in the Word. The radio ministry of Pastor Bill Beckelman of Calvary Chapel Coastlands in Eatontown, New Jersey. Pastor Bill will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of 2 Thessalonians next time. All of Pastor Bill's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at our website, anchoredintheword.com. That's anchoredintheword.com. While you're at the website, you can follow us on Facebook, Learn more about Anchored in the Word, Calvary Chapel Coastlands. Listen to more of Pastor Bill's messages. Learn about other ministries as well as upcoming events and our location. That's all available at anchoredintheword.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. From all of the production team here at Anchored in the Word, we want to say thank you for tuning in. We appreciate all of you that have supported this program. If you're a first-time listener or have been listening for a while, we would love to hear from you. Your testimonies have been a great encouragement to us. If you have an encouraging testimony to share, call us at 732-544-2225. That's 732-544-2225. Now please make plans to join us again for the next study through 2 Thessalonians with Pastor Bill as we stay moored in sound doctrine and anchored in the Word.